We're going to take back up from Numbers, the 23rd chapter. Numbers, the 23rd chapter. We'll be going into chapter 24. Last night, we dealt with the prophecies of Balaam. Balaam being the destroyer of the people. Now, today we'll deal with Balaam foretells the happiness of Israel. So the prophecy continues. But just to reiterate a couple of things that from last night, if you go back up here in chapter 23 of Numbers, verse 28, we see that Balaam brought, Balaam is that spirit of wastefulness. We see that Balaam brought Balaam, Balaam being the destroyer of the people. He brought him unto the top of Peor. And you, 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 how many of y'all know that? That's what the spirit of wastefulness will do. It will bring forth a spirit of destruction in us. It'll bring forth a spirit of destruction in us. That's what it will do. Now, this word here says that Balak brought Balaam unto the top of Peor. Now we, we remember that Peor represents the gap where idol gods are worshipped. So that's what that spirit of wastefulness will do. See, it will bring the spirit of destruction in your life. And they'll go in cahoots and they'll go to this place called the gap where idol worship is involved. And it'll set its face toward a place called desolation. That word Jeshuman means a place of desolation. Because that's what the spirit of wastefulness and the spirit of destruction wants to do. It wants to destroy everything that you've accomplished in God. Everything. Not something, but everything. So it goes to this place where this gap is. And it causes us to start worshiping the things of idolatry that self wants instead of the things that God wants. With one thing in mind the whole time, to destroy you and take what you have that God is blessing you with. And Balaam said unto Balak, build me here seven altars. This is the third time that he said this. And prepare here, me here seven bullocks and seven rains. And Balak did as Balaam had said and offered a bullock and a ram on every altar. On every sacrifice they made, they placed what we call a rebellious spirit and a strong support. That's that option and that ram in this sequence. See, sometimes 
Everything, every sacrifice we make, we only make for our own self. When it comes time to make sacrifices to God and for God, we're too busy. We're sick. Steady losing. But self got you so blind that you can't see God. Because self is the idol that you got to deal with. Self. That's your problem. That's all about problem. That man's problem from day one. Self. Eating from the knowledge of the tree or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is leaning to your own understanding. That's all it is. So, in chapter 24, Balaam foretells the happiness of Israel. And when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not as at other times to seek enchantments. You see what he did? See, all them other times that we went through last night, two other times he told, what's his name, to Balak, to you stand here by your sacrifice, and I'm going to go over yonder, and I'm going to go up. And perhaps I might see the Lord, but really what he was seeking was an enchantment, but he, he met the Lord every time. He had a feeling he'd meet the Lord every time because he said, just perhaps I might meet the Lord. But he was really going searching for a word for better. He went for an enchantment. But this time when he saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he didn't go the way that he went before toward enchantment. See, there's a time in our life that we've got to refuse to go the way that we normally go when that old crazy spirit hit us. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me this morning? Right. We're going to have to stand on this thing, right? says here, but he set his face toward the wilderness, which is the earthly life of existence. And when he looked, see, when he lifted up his eyes, verse 2 says, see, you can't see nothing until you lift your eyes up. Yeah, you got to come up higher than where you normally go with this thing. He said, and Balaam lifted up his eyes, when? When he set his face toward the wilderness of this life. And what did he see? He saw Israel, us, the church, abiding where? In his tents, according to their tribes. Very important here. And the Spirit of God came upon him. Let's break it down. Babel, the destroyer of the people, he lifted up his eyes when he saw that it pleased God. To bless Israel. And he saw Israel for who they really were. He saw Israel, the church, the true church, not Sunday morning church going, the true church, the real thing. Now you have to make your own call on that. Because the Bible says, let every man work out his own salvation with trembling his feet. You have to ask yourself whether you belong to the true church of Christ or whether or not you're just faking it to make it. Now, that's a personal question between you and God. I stand back out of that because I don't have no heaven or no hell to put you in. But I will try to keep you from going to hell and going to heaven. I'll try to get you there because I'm trying to get there myself. That's my job. And I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do that. 
Whether you show up for work or not, I'm going I'm to be at work because I'm the supervisor. I got to be at work. You understand what I'm saying? And not only do I have to be at work, but I got to know all y'all's jobs just in case y'all want to lay out. How you like me now? Hmm? Now what's this word here? Bible says here that verse 2, chapter 24 numbers, it says that they were abiding in his tents, which is they were all abiding, Israel, the church, when he lifted up his eyes, Balaam, to destroy the other people. When he got that revelation that it pleased God to bless Israel, see, it pleases God to bless us. We're the ones that keeping the blessing back from us. So when it pleased God to do it and Balaam realized it, he lifted up his eyes and he saw. He saw Israel dwelling in their tent, in their minds. The word tent means their minds. Let this mind be in you that's in Christ. Philippians 2.5. He saw them dwelling there. According how? To their own what? How many tribes were it? Twenty. Each tribe Represent something. You see, the, what the body of Christ don't understand, evangelist, is that he saw some abiding in the tribe of Judah, which he praised. They were gifted that way. He saw some abiding in the tribe of Benjamin, which is son of my right hand, which is the part of what we receive the wisdom of God. Some of us got it like that. We have that word of wisdom from the Lord. That's a gift. You see, some of them he saw abiding in one of the half-tribes called Manassas, which is double fruitage or increase. Some of them he saw abiding in the half-tribe Manassas. Because, I say half-tribe because Manassas and Ephraim were Joseph's sons, and they replaced the tribes of Joseph. If you read the Bible, they replaced that tribe, and they became that tribe became Ephraim and Manasseh to make the twelfth tribe right. But Ephraim means double fruit. He saw him dwelling in that. He saw him dwelling in their calling. He saw Manasseh, which means to make, to forget. See, there are some things that we have to forget. Some of us are gifted at that. And our job is if we abide in that ability to teach people how to forget their past and enter into their future from placing them in a place called present. See, you got to get a vision from your present state, not from your past state, to get into your future state. So when he looked up, he saw Israel, all of them, dwelling in their minds according to their own tribes. Now go to, see, in other words, they were, they were working out of their gifts. See, everybody got it. Everybody got something. A lot of us are just too beat down or too lazy or too afraid. And either way, it's all the same. It's non-productive. Go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. New Testament. 
Say amen when you get there, please. Talking about abiding in your tent according to your tribe, walking worthy in your calling. If we look here in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, I therefore, Paul speaking, the prisoner, calls himself a prisoner of who? Not of self, but of the Lord. Now we can either choose to be a prisoner of our own insanity or a prisoner of the Lord, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Now we have to decide what it is that we want. We do. We have to decide. Whether or not we are going to be a prisoner of Christ or whether or not we're going to be a prisoner to our own madness. Here again, that's your choice. That's your choice. He says, beseech you, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech, that means to beg you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. How did he see Israel, Balaam? Abiding in their tents according to their tribe. They were walking worthy in their calling. And they were doing it with all loneliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring as attempting to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto everyone, he didn't leave out nobody there, did he? So what's our problem? Uh-oh. 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 What's the problem? You want to do your own thing, don't you? Do your own problem, don't you? And see, when somebody tell you that, you know that. It's a, yeah, you know you your own problem, but when somebody else tell you, you, you don't want to hear it. But you know you're crazy. We can all laugh at that, we can't we? Verse 7 says, but unto... <laughs> Lord, thank you, Jesus. But unto everyone... I thank God that the people came to hear the word. Because that's how you get in here with this thing. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure. It didn't leave nobody out of the gift of Christ. It didn't leave nobody out. So... Why do we feel left out then? It's a trick of the enemy. You, you remember last night? Every time Balaam went back to tell that old wasteful spirit, Balak, that hey, God blessed them. Balak said, no, let's, let's look at them from another way. Let's change position on them. And look at them from another way. Because the devil, that old spirit of wastefulness in you, you know the one that loves you when you ought to be buttoning up your pocket, you opening it up. Because you done got tricked by the destroyer, which is called advertisement. And that old spirit of wastefulness in you, see, it'll have you in cahoots 
Now, God done showed it that, hey, okay, these people are blessed. But that old wasteful spirit don't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. See, what it want to do is change position. Make you not see that you're blessed. See, it don't want you to see that you're blessed. What it want to do is have you blinded. It don't want to put the blind on you because when you look at yourself from the hind part, you can't see nothing but what's behind you, the past. Don't want you to see up there. See, he said, I want, let's go up to the utmost part. What they want to do is just zero in and just show a little section of who and what you are. He don't want you to see the whole part, the whole. They don't want you to get up on the hill and see that thing for what it is. See, they want you to get down low in a little corner where you can see just a little bit. So the Bible says here that they were all dwelling in their tents, abiding in them, according to their tribe. I'm back in Numbers 24. Last spirit, last uh, sentence in verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord of God came upon Balaam. And he took up his parable, third time, took it up again, and said, Balaam, hmm, Balaam being the destroyer of the people, spirit of destruction, who, he's the son of Beor. Beor is consumption. Don't we have that little consuming spirit? Don't we like to consume stuff? We want everything. We don't never get enough of nothing. We just want more and more and more and more and more and more. He's, that's, he's the builder. That old spirit of destruction is the builder of consumption. In other words, that's the one that has us running out of that, the formation called the I-formation. In football, in the old days, they ran an I-formation. See, some of us can't see beyond I. <laughs> so we run out of that formation all the time. And that linebacker busts our head every time we get that ball. Bam! And gives us a concussion. And next thing you know, you drag them off the field again. Well, there you go again. You drag them off. And then you come back and run the same play again and get tore off again. Until, until that thing just put, a, just put a blood clot in your mind. Now you're completely crazy. You reprobate and ain't no coming back. You cut off. And when you reprobate, I don't go with them kind no more. And I don't send my people at that time no more either. You go reprobate, you're on your own. You're on your own. Because it ain't going to be long before you wish that you had listened to somebody besides your own insane self. Kept telling you to change the playbook. No, I've been running out of this formation. And I'm going to keep on. My mama and my daddy ran out of this for a minute. Well, you just go head on with your mama and your daddy. Go on. Go ahead. You now go on. i help you pack. And call a taxi too. Get him out of here. Call along. Anyway, 
the Bible says here that, verse 3, he says, Balaam, the son of Beor, had said, and the man whose eyes are open had said, his mm -hmm, eyes were open, he had said, which heard the words of God. Didn't God say, I'm going to put a word in his mouth? Which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. See, he went there for an enchantment. Ha! <laughs> but he ran up on God. See, he loved to go in them old swoons, you know. <laughs> yeah! You're going to be right run right up on something up in there. Mm -hmm. With your good tongue talking mimic himself. You ain't fooling nobody. You a devil. They got church full of them. Church house full of them devils, tongue talkers, pure devils. Talk about you, hurt you, try to kill you. Oh, yeah. They go on a trance. <laughs> They're going to mess around and meet something up there in that trance one day, though. Verse 5 say, How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel? Yeah. Tents are your minds? How goodly are your, your minds, Jacob? And thy tabernacle, this tabernacle, oh is it? How good is it? It's good. And the valleys which are the breakthrough. See, see, a lot of people think valleys are low points. But see, a valley is a split between the mountains. You got a breakthrough. He said, how goodly, not only are your tents and your tabernacle, as the valleys are they spread forth. Mm. The breakthroughs spread forth as gardens by the riverside, meaning that these breakthroughs give our soul, that garden is your soul, give our souls a planting by the riverside. And didn't it say that if a man is like a tree, you know, that follows this law, that, that follows this word and doesn't meditate on it both day and night? Psalm, first chapter. He says that that man like a tree planted by the rivers. He's a garden. Who will bring forth his fruit in time and his leaves? They will not wither. And everything that man do, the Bible say that man will prosper. That's what it says now. That's what it says and that's all it says. And the trees, we know the widow trees, of the line of lawyers which the Lord has planted. The Lord. Mm -hmm. Talking about trees of lime, alloys, which the Lord has planted. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah, the 61st chapter. Y'all excuse me for a minute. I'm going to have to take care of something here. It happens all the time, but it'll be okay. We're just going just gonna to tap it just a little bit. Isaiah, the 61st chapter, verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion... To give unto them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, this is what God is trying to do. He's trying to exchange some things in our life. That they might be called what? Trees. He called us trees. The reason that he's exchanging some things in our life is because he's calling us trees. That they might be called trees of righteousness. The planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. 
Now go back over here to Numbers 24, verse 6, the second half of it, as the trees of line alloys which the Lord had planted. Didn't he say that the Lord planted the trees of righteousness over in Isaiah? He's talking about us. We're these trees. And as cedar trees beside the waters. Cedar trees represent a, 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 a offspring of, of, of what we call uh, perfume. See, cedar gives off a good perfume. And God likes for our soul to give off a, a sweet smell to him. Verse 7 says, He shall pour the water out of his buckets out of his souls and his seed shall be in many waters. See, when we pull this thing out in people, we give people a lot of blessings. And his king shall be higher than Agag, which is lustful burning. See, our king is higher than that old burning lust inside of us. Yes, it is. Our king is. See, old Agag, that's that old Amalekite king. That's the one that the prophet Samuel, over in 1 Samuel, I think the 15th chapter, might be the 16th chapter, but I think it's the 15th chapter, you'll see there where Samuel took, after he told Saul, Saul is better to obey than to sacrifice. He took Agag, and he said, now this is the prophet now. Y'all think the preacher's tough. Check the prophet. Prophet said, bring Agag to me. Agag come up in that pimping. Like, yeah, the book says he did. Because he thought it was all over. He thought everything was all right. Oh, King Agag, Agag. He come up in that pimping toward the prophet. Prophet took his sword. Back then, the prophets carried swords. The prophet, Samuel, took his sword and cut Agag up piece by piece right in front of him. King Saul and spread him around. And this is what you do to Now that's that that that's the kind of man I like. I don't like these goody two-shoe preachers. I like these preachers that really keep the house in order, that do this thing correctly. And if the people ain't with God, then they ain't gonna like what you preaching anyway. But if they're about doing the right thing, they'll love you. Because they'll know that, hey, listen, he ain't gonna let. See, the people love the prophet, the one that wanted to do right. They love to see him coming because they knew that he had a word from the Lord. The prophet just didn't come in town just for anything. The prophet came with a word. He delivered it and then he went on about his business. But he said, look here, Saul, I'm through with you. Because, see, you don't do right. I give you the instruction, but you don't do right. So the Lord, he do with you. So later on, Saul turns away and walks away. He tries to pull him back, tears the road. You see, that's how this kingdom is going to be torn. It's been torn from you and given to another man. Somebody that'll do, that's when David came on the scene. Somebody that'll do what God tell him to do. You see, you had a position, but you didn't do nothing with it. Now, when the right man come along, don't think you're going to keep floating on me now. Don't you think that. 
It ain't about no seniority. Not with God, not with me either one. It's about you got to do your job. I'm going to be holding no hands. I don't hold hands. I don't even like holding hands sometimes my old lady. She be trying to hold my own hold your hand. I got God on my mind right now. I'll talk to you later. Don't mean I don't love her. I don't feel like holding hands with her right now. Because I'm a man like that. That's straight up. Woo-hoo, nothing that fast. Woo-hoo, my foot. You better be glad you didn't marry I'll show you who the boss is. Don't look at me with that. Now, look at this, this word say here in verse chapter 8. And his kingdom shall be exalted. Now verse 8 says, God brought him forth out of Egypt. He brought us out of bodies, didn't he? He had, as it were, the strengths of a unicorn, that's a wild bull, and he shall eat up the nation, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrow. That's the prophecy. That's the future of us. See, it's good to have a future, but it's bad when you don't know what your future is. Because if you don't know what your future is, then how are you going to know where to go? If you can't see but from paycheck to paycheck, you ain't got no vision, you know. And if your vision ain't come by God, you ain't got nothing but a dream. See, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Verse 9 says, he couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion, he shall stir him up. Who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesses thee. Oh, and cursed is he that curses thee. Everybody that come through here and bless us, gonna be blessed. But the ones that come through here and curse us, I want you to look at their lives right now. They doing bad out there. You ain't got to you look at them. When you see them, old face all ashy, looking crazy, hungry, all kind of things. Broke. See, that's what happens when you curse what blessed you. See, I, when you, I told y'all before, when you step up at house of death, this is a new thing here. You cannot come up in here and touch this and walk away from it thinking that it ain't going to be no retribution. It's going to be some retribution. Because you just cursed God. And then you think God just going to let you walk away and do, uh-uh. You'll be hiding in closets and looking crazy and doing everything. And, oh, yes, you will, too. Yes, it will, too. You won't even know your name. And you'll try to figure out, why is my house out of, in disarray? What has happened? They're they messing with me on my job. They, everything just going crazy on me. I don't even get along with my wife no more. What's wrong? You, what's wrong? You put your hand to the plot and walk away from God. That's what's wrong. And you think God is going to let his wife? See, after he done put her in a higher mansion? Well, see, instead of you looking at the spiritual mansion, you were looking at brick and mortar. You see? 
You were saying, oh, they got it going on, you know, they got, because they got that big old building and they got it brand new and all of that, but you don't know. Next week, your job going to lay you off. You know what I'm saying? And now, y'all done got all this stuff, now you looking crazy. And everybody else looking crazy, too, because the bank still wants their money. And you got a mortgage for some old raggedy building for ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month. But we're in a recession. How you gonna pay? How you gonna pay? You gonna tell me that there is something else that can be done somewhere else if I put ten, fifteen, twenty million dollars or three million or whatever in some building somewhere that I can't do here. The devil is a lie. I can do more here than they're doing now. And doing more when it comes to a spiritual building for free. But it ain't for free. Because somebody paid. See, somebody paid. That's what I was saying to you, telling y'all last night, that it ain't going to be like this forever. See, see, God has given us a time of grace. But God ain't going to be the only one doing the sacrifice. Y'all coming up in there eating off the good of the land now. All right, now, I told you. I told you. Because if we ain't careful, I say if we're not careful, we'll mess around and blow our opportunity, and we'll have to go back to them places that we came out of, and you're going to be most miserable. Because I had a woman call me this morning that's going over here to break through and say, look, I got to go. I can't take it no more. Not breakthrough, but what's that thing over here? Redemption. It ain't going to be long. They say, look, they came up in here and got a hold of this word, and that word done messed them up. I can't go back to that, she said. They ain't real, they ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. But it took a higher level of authority to understand. That, Man, I've been sitting there thinking that was something, and that wasn't nothing. All it was was a big name. But God do big things in. I, I, really, I always say, just give me a little dime, a quarter cut, round dime. D, D carry, D flawless, worth about a million. And I put it in my pocket. And nobody never know it. I'd rather have that. Got a big old carload of money, a big old carload of gold. I just had that one little old diamond, a little old quarter, quarter carat, deep flawless, investment grade. Not something that they have in these things. No, no, I'm talking about a real diamond. Y'all might not know what I'm talking about, but I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I know what a real diamond is, too. And give me a quarter carat, deep flawless. Round cut any day. Any day. Y'all have all the rest of it. That's all I need. Now I can walk around. Walk around earth and heaven. Whistling. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sure can. Now, he said he'll bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. Verse 10 says, And Balak's anger was kindled. 
Now, now that old spirit of wastefulness is mad because the spirit of destruction getting destroyed. See, because it called it in to do a job. But when he called it in and he went and sought the Lord, the Lord said, no, I want you to bless him. See, what I'm trying to say, church, is that that which is called in to destroy you is going to be the very same thing that bless you. Why? Because of its mouth. It's mouth. See, you don't, you got to understand, and I done told y'all this before, and I'm going to tell you again, that we are seeds. We are a seed of Abraham. Mm -hmm. And a seed need dirt. And when people curse you, they throwing dirt on you for your good work. You're bound to grow because a seed needs dirt. I keep telling you that. Seed need dirt. You want, you want a small, uh, uh, one of them good chairs? Somebody get one of them good chairs for that name. One of them soft chairs, please. Thank you, Dick. So verse 10 says, And Balak's anger was kindled against Balak. And he smote his hands together. Uh-oh. He was in grief and indignation in himself for calling Balaam. You ever, you ever had grief and indignation? You just, you know, I should have done that. You know? I should have done that. Well, and Balaam said unto Balaam, I called thee to curse mine enemies. And behold, thou hast altogether blessed them with these three times. Therefore now, Flee thou to thy place. You know, now I want you to get away from me now. I thought, look at it, I thought to promote thee unto great honor. See that? But lo, the Lord hath kept thee back from honor. See, I thought to promote you. Go over here to, to, to Psalms. Go over here to Psalms, I think it's the 75th chapter. Keep in mind, I thought to promote you. Keep in mind. Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put one down and set up another. But Balak said, I thought to promote you. Promotion don't come from no man. Promotion comes from God. And Balaam said unto him, verse 12, Spake I not also to thy messengers which thou sendest unto me, saying that Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold? In other words, didn't I, didn't I tell your messenger to go back and tell you if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold? I cannot go beyond the commandment of the Lord to do as the good or bad of mine own mind, but what the Lord saith, that will I speak? See, he told him that. That's why I'm saying this, 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 this. This, this destroyer, this spirit of destruction is, is, is a weird thing because it's a prophet that knows God and that's afraid of God, and, and, but it loves to do what it do, but not without getting permission from God first. It knows its limitations. See, the spirit of destruction in your life knows its limitations. It knows how far it can go in your life. Verse 14 says, And now behold, I go unto my people, Come therefore, and I will advertise thee what this people shall do to thy people in the latter days. Now Balaam Peter put something on him and say, Now I'm going to tell you, Balaam, what's going to happen to you and your people in the latter days, in the end time. 
And he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of consumption, Beor, has said, and the man whose eyes are open has said. He has said, which heard the word of God, and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty. Falling into a trance, there he is again, he loved those trances, but having his eyes open. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a skip tree shall rise out of Israel. He's talking about the coming of Christ right here. See, he said, now I, I see him, and I'm beholding him, but not now. And he ain't near me now, but I see it. And he shall destroy all the children of Seth. Okay? And Edom, you know, Seth. And Edom shall be a possession. Sayyid also shall be a possession for his enemies. And Israel shall do valiantly, triumphantly. You see, the church, the real church, will triumph in victory. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion. Right out of your mind. Jacob is the supplanter. He is the mind that's in transition. He's the one that became Israel through the renewal of the mind. Once he wrestled with God, the angel of the Lord, and received the light. He was blessed. He was no more called Jacob, but Israel. It says out of Jacob out of your mind shall have, shall you have dominion. Out of your mind shall come he that shall have dominion. Let this mind be in you that is in Christ. Out of Jacob. And shall destroy him that remaineth of the city, which is the encounter. See, whatever that is left in your life, that residue, that's keeping you and me from attaining the next level of where it is that God wants to take us, Christ is going to destroy that. You see? He's going to destroy that. God has not brought us this far. God did not save us to lose us. God did not come by each of our houses at whatever specific time that he did to save us for us to go backwards. And, and, and uh uh he that has begun this good work shall finish it mm -hmm. he is the author and the finisher of our faith you see see God ain't going to give up on us but the thing about to here's the danger are you going to give up on yourself because free will is a dangerous thing to have free will And when he looked, when he looked on Amalek, he took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nation. Mm -hmm. Amalek being warlike. And his latter end shall be that he perished forever. He was the first. And then he looked on the Kenite. And took up a parable and said, Wrong is thy dwelling place, mm -hmm. and thou puttest thy nest in a rock. No more rock dwellers. 
That's them, that's that hardcore. That's them ones that just, 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 you can't, can't tell nothing. They dug in, in a rock, in darkness, and can't see nothing, don't want nobody to tell them nothing. Nevertheless, the Kenites shall be wasted until Asher, that's one of the tribes, shall carry thee away captive. Mm -hmm. And he took up a parable and said, Alas, who shall live when God doeth this? And ships shall come from the coast of Shedem, and shall afflict Asher, and shall afflict Eber, and he also shall perish forever. And Balaam rose up and went and returned unto his place. And Balak also went his way. Here we see the destroyer of God's people finally coming to recognize that these people are blessed and ain't no need for this spirit of wastefulness, Balak, to call me no more to do anything. There's no need because I'm not coming. Well, God knows you're not coming because as you go down through there, God kills Balaam. He killed him. See, God's going to kill that spirit of destruction in us where that the spirit of wakefulness can't call on it no more. And when he can't call on it no more, that's when you're going to prosper the way God wants us to prosper. That's where that's going to take place. May God have a blessing to the preaching and teaching of his word. Let's stand.